Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Security Ledger podcast. I'm your host, Paul Roberts, editor of the Security Ledger. In a little more than a week, executives from the world's leading technology firms will gather in San Francisco for the RSA conference, the cybersecurity industry's biggest annual show. Like so much else, this year's show is mired in controversy stemming from Edward Snowden's leak of classified documents related to government surveillance. Among those documents was evidence at RSA, the security division of EMC, an apparent company to the conference, accepted a $10 million payment from the NSA to implement what turned out to be a vulnerable encryption algorithm as a default option for an endpoint protection product it sold called BeSafe. RSA subsequently advised customers to stop using that encryption standard. But the backlash has prompted some prominent speakers to bow out of scheduled RSA talks and has spawned a protest conference, TrustyCon, in RSA's shadow. Here to talk with us about these developments is our frequent contributor and friend, Mark Stanislav, the security evangelist at Duo Security. Mark, welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. Thanks for having me, Paul. So you and and Duo will be at the RSA conference this week in San Francisco. Uh, give me your thoughts on both the, the value and importance of this show, but also the controversy surrounding it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, the value, I think you really hit it on the head. Um, you know, this is a great time for a lot of, you know, kind of the brain trust of InfoSec to get together in a little bit more of a formal environment. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, DEF CON. Um, so certainly when we all go to Vegas every year, uh, it's it's a bit rowdy, uh, a lot of fun. But I think RSA is a good time to actually see really kind of what the what the year is going to hold for technology companies with, in, with regard to InfoSec. Um, with regard to TrustyCon, I, I think anytime controversy pops up, especially in the InfoSec community, you know, the, the, the reaction is, let's have a conference to talk about why this is a problem, <laughs> uh, which, which isn't, you know, perhaps, you know, the worst thing in the world. It's, a, you know, it's a, anytime we can talk about things and understand how we all feel about it and then see what kind of outcomes we want from the situation and make sure this either doesn't happen again or just that we come out of it with um, a better sense of what trust means to us, which I really think is the goal of TrustyCon. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what the output is, um, because I think anytime you put together one of these very thought leader type conference uh, events, you want to see something actually uh, manifest from it other than just talking in a room for a few hours during one day, whether that's uh, a policy document on trust in the infosec industry or maybe just a blog post kind of wrapping up the thoughts from the event. It's interesting you know, I, some people would say that any controversy is good controversy when you're doing something like, uh, you know, hosting a uh, hosting a conference. Um, do you think this is uh, good for RSA, the controversy that has come out of this uh, in terms of its, you know, visibility and importance? Or is this damaging to the reputation of the show? You know, it's tough. I'm I'm sure the RSA conference organizers, uh, if you you know, if you look at the size of EMC and then you look at the size of RSA and then you look at the size of RSA conference, it it, it it's mind boggling to even see how the the thing that people are upset about could actually be directly directly related to the conference itself or the organizers. So I think it probably is a is a negative impact because really what can what can the conference organizers do to change the allegation that has come out um, other than to say hey we're going to have a conference we've invited a lot of really well-known speakers that that don't necessarily agree with our policies or maybe the way we have done things in the past um, as our as, as our parent company that is um, so you know I think they're trying to push through they, they certainly have no um, no lack of 
presenters. They certainly have no lack of attendees this year. And it's one of those things that on the periphery, you're going to have things like TrustyCon pop up. And, you know, there's going to be a news cycle or two before and after that really starts saying what's going to happen in RSA, what, you know, what, what, what craziness is going to ensue. And maybe there will be some, you know, hijinks that happen. But at, at the same time, um, you know, this is a very big event. It has been for many years. And I think a lot of people are just excited to get the value out of it that they have in the past and kind of ignore what's happening on the side. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. One of the interesting things that RSA does every year is it it is a snapshot of the industry, the the cybersecurity industry in in a place and time. Um, This year, one of the themes that I've certainly picked up just looking at my inbox is managing uh, sophisticated attacks within your network, responding to sophisticated attacks within your network. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that and where you think that is going to take the industry. In terms of where we're seeing technology evolving to, it, it's really focused on less of perimeter level security because we've seen the perimeter breach time and time again, whether that's via you know phishing attacks leading to stolen credentials, whether that's malware that exfiltrates data. And so in terms of the user side, which is something that, you know, Duo Security is very interested in, you know, we're really focused on things like, you know, user behavior analysis, flagging users in terms of what their daily workflow looks like and anything that diverges from that, trying to wrap our head around, is that a uh, still a nominal situation or is that something that we should be, you know, deep diving into immediately? And of course, we've seen this with IDSs or IPSs for years trying to evaluate what looks normal and not normal. But I think what's interesting is, you know, network traffic is really hard to pin down. If you look at a user on their like, you know, you know, their personal laptop or their personal desktop between the hours of, you know, nine and five, you know, I, I know myself, even though, you know, I'm doing all these different things every day, a lot of my workflow is pretty much the exact same every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that organizations, uh, especially with cloud computing, especially with the Internet of Things, needs to look at a more holistic view of what users are doing versus the actual devices themselves and the network traffic. Because at the end of the day, we're going to have, you know, a dozen devices per person in a couple of years. And how do you really, you know, try to control that with just a network level device? It, it seems like a, a fool's errand. So I think if, um, you know, we, we talk more about mobile and understanding what people are doing with their mobile phone. So mobile device management under the context of bring your own device, but then also the, um, you know, the iPads or the, uh, you know, the laptops that people are using every day. What does that workflow look like? And can we help flesh out what that baseline for an individual looks like and then try to wrap our head around, okay, the user does this every day, ignore what the devices are doing themselves, but how how is that user interacting with them? Are we seeing data flow in huge amounts one way or the other through these different devices that normally shouldn't happen? One of the huge themes this year is passwords and, uh, you know, password theft, password cracking, and a lot of uh, folks saying, you know, uh, passwords in the way that we've known them, which is some kind of alphanumeric value, have really outlived their usefulness. What are we going to be hearing at RSA when it comes to the future of the password, both in the enterprise space and I guess in the consumer space as well? Target really has blown this whole thing wide open for us this year because as we learned very recently, um, you know, the, the HVAC contractor that apparently was, was if you will, breached, um, allowing the access through, to, you know, to Target. In that case, we're finding out that it was actually, a, you know, a phishing attack, more or less, that stole credentials. 
And this is the exact same thing we've seen in the news for, I don't know, dozens of years now in some ways, if you think about it. We're, we're at this point where the, you know, the humans are typically the weak link. We, you know, we've understood that for a long time. And what, we, what we're seeing, I think, in a, a greater maybe story arc here is if you take the Internet of Things, you take um, you know, pr- proliferation of, of um, you know, just computing in general, and then tie in cloud services where there, you might have a dozen vendors now. There's a lot more attack surface to go after humans for that can really lead to, you know, uh, not, maybe not keys to the kingdom in all cases, but in a lot of cases, that next foothold that attackers need to, you know, break into their target. And I think, uh, you know, do a security's focus uh, really this year is uh, continuing what we worked on uh, late last year, which is really democratizing two-factor to the masses. So. You know, we, we've seen passwords fail. We know two-factor can work very well. And we also know um, that two-factor doesn't have to be a pain. And that's the one thing customers keep saying, you know, saying to us is, we always thought two-factor looked like this one model we saw 20 years ago. We had no idea it could be this simple for our organization to deploy, nor do we think that users would actually adopt it and be happy about it. And so user trends... In, whether it's consumer or enterprise, I think we have to keep focusing on what is the user doing, how are they approaching security, and when can we impact their daily security routine in such a way that they don't even think they're changing much about their lives. Um, it's really about adopting to the consumer and to the enterprise user rather than forcing them into a shell like we've been trying to do for the last 20 years. Yeah, it's interesting as well, and I think that idea applies really kind of across the security space, which is um, how much, how how reasonable is it to ask uh, companies that are not expert in technology or cybersecurity, you know, like an HVAC company, to be able to monitor and manage, um, you know, very sophisticated. Uh, IT deployments, as well as, you know, even more subtle connections to their customers and supply chain partners and so on. So a lot of this sort of threat intelligence technology presumes that you have somebody in your organization who even knows what to do with the intelligence once you have it, right? Um, and uh, so, I mean, you're, you're speaking to just the password piece, which is how do we make this easy and accessible so that we can start you know, filtering it down to the to the you know rank and file, the users who are going to be targeted. Uh, but it strikes me that enterprises are are really dealing with the same issue, which is you know we've got an IT group who can manage our IT infrastructure, but they're not cybersecurity experts, and and we can't really afford to hire a cybersecurity expert to work just for us, right? Sure, and and even even the organizations that can afford even one cybersecurity expert. Um, as you can imagine, that doesn't scale. Uh, you might have a couple really intelligent, very diligent security professionals that are trying to manage tens of thousands of users for their organization um, and, and also the infrastructure and also the apps and everything else. So um, what, what, we, what I think we're really seeing a trend towards is understanding that the shift in economies for security is going from big box that does a lot of things to let's go after the points where we would get hurt the most. And so if you take Target, for example, the fact that an HVAC company's credentials were stolen is a problem, but it also shows that there's a systemic issue probably within um, 
you know, some of the policy or the segmentation of privilege or, um, you know, some of the other underlying policy maybe with the target organization where why would a vendor have so much access that that single set of credentials could even be a usable foothold to get to a point where we're now compromising credit card data? And so there, there's a there's a bigger story there. And I think Target's working really diligently uh, with some great agencies and great tech companies, uh, security tech companies. And hopefully we're all going to get a lot of education out of this. And this might really be a good um, you know, a good training exercise, uh, unfortunately, to, at Target's expense and their customers, but for the general retail industry as a whole. You're going to be speaking both at the RSA conference itself about the research you did on the Eyes on Home Surveillance Camera. That was a story that Security Ledger covered. And then you're going to be speaking at a parallel conference called B-Sides as well. Talk to us about those two talks. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, the Eyes on research I did back in October that Security Ledger uh, kind of broke the news around. Uh, I'm going to be giving a, uh, a, a chat about that at RSA. Uh, so that'll be on Friday um, at 11.40 a.m. And that'll be in West Room 3006. So if anyone has caught the coverage on Security Ledger and wants to see me kind of go through the slides and and chat a little bit about what happened and where we're at with the you know, with the vendor in terms of uh, resolving those security issues that I found, uh, this is a good time to come see that research kind of live. Uh, the other thing we'll be doing out there uh, as Duo Security is actually Zach uh, Lanier and I will be doing a presentation called The Internet of Things, We've Got to Chat. And that talk will really go over some of the recent security issues we've seen with IoT devices, the platforms that are building the kind of the next generation of uh, the Internet of Things, uh, especially around the idea of Kickstarters and Indiegogo and other small, you know, small crowdfunding ways of building, you know, these IoT devices. Um, and Zach and I actually have a bit of an announcement for a project we're working on with really a, a lot of great infosec professionals, where we'll uh, kind of try to wrap our arms a little bit around this bigger issue of IoT security and talk about how we as infosec professionals can can really work with vendors in a better and more meaningful way and uh, try to make that 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 situation better for everyone. So that talk will be on February 23rd at 5 p.m. and that'll be held at the DNA Lounge, which is where B-Side San Francisco is going to be at. Beginning of March, you have a uh, event coming up at the Sands Institute as well. Is that right? Yeah, well, uh, Dave Kennedy, um, who you know spends most of his time, I think, testifying in front of Congress these days, which is amazing. <laughs> quite a bit, um, yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Um, hip, hip, uh, Dave and I will be giving a talk uh, titled "How to Strengthen the Weakest Link with Two-Factor Authentication." So, the nod to you know the human element that we were just chatting about, Paul. Um, and we'll actually be talking about his software, the Social Engineer Toolkit, which is you know kind of a, a go-to piece of software for any pen tester. Um, and we'll we'll actually be giving uh, uh, a demo of how attackers actually use that kind of software to, you know, uh, fish their targets. And we'll actually then show how Duo Security through two-factor authentication, as well as transaction-level authentication, uh, actually in a banking scenario that we've built up, uh, how we can actually help add some security to uh, what a lot of people consider a really hard situation to solve. Fantastic. Well, we listen, I, I look forward to both of those. I'd like to thank you once again for stopping in and talking to us about uh, RSA. We'll, we'll have to hook up after RSA and see how things turned out. Yeah, I'm sure at the very least we'll have some good stories to talk about on the air. Huh? <laughs> uh, I don't know about on the air, but uh, <laughs> but listen, Mark, thank you so much for, for talking to us on the Security Ledger. Thanks for having me again, Paul. It was great. Mark Stanislav is the security evangelist at Duo Security. 
He was talking to us about the RSA Security Conference, which starts the week of February 24th in San Francisco, California. Mark, thanks. 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 